Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. Your host Terry Welbrock here. And today's episode is on finding our true voice. And Dr. Fred Moss is with us to share his wonderful, brilliant insights. And I know I certainly learned a lot during this conversation. Uh, getting ready to also launch an upcoming series that I'm going to put out um, several days in a row, uh, the Healers of Hilton Head series. I've been conducting a lot of side interviews on those, getting this special series together. Um, and it's not just for those who live uh, in the Hilton Head area. It's really for anyone around the world. Now up to 118 countries that this podcast has been downloaded in, listened to. I'm just so incredibly happy and thrilled about that. Thank you for continuing to invite friends and family and uh, anyone that needs some healing to join us and listen in, watch the YouTube. I'm about so close, like I want to say like 27 <laughs> subscribers from hitting 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is super exciting too. So if you have an opportunity, please go to Terry Welbrock. Uh, YouTube channel, subscribe, and share a video. That would just be amazing. Like pick your favorite or several favorites, uh, and just put it out on social media on LinkedIn or uh, Facebook or Pinterest or Instagram, wherever. And uh, yes, just help put this show in front of folks because. As I've talked about in the past, we don't always know someone's journey. Uh, someone may seem like they're doing just great, but they could be struggling with depression or anxiety, uh, panic attacks, um, grief, and we just don't know what's going on in folks' lives. We don't know their trauma history. So by putting these interviews out there uh, in front of folks, they may be able to connect and, and find some resources and some free answers. That's the beauty of the show is that it's uh, it's free to listen to. So, all right. Well, enjoy this amazing interview with Dr. Fred Moss. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and so very excited to have with me today Dr. Fred Moss, and he is author, psychiatrist, and restorative transformational coach, and I'm I'm just thrilled to learn from him today. So welcome, Dr. Fred. Yeah, it's just great to be here. Thanks for having me. That's, uh, that's three of the things I do, and, you know, it's really all all in one, you know, when it comes down to it, all I do is me. And then I'm, I somehow have to parcel it out and be like, oh yeah, I do that, that, and that. It's like, as if they're different, but in reality, um, I'm just taking a step through life, just like everyone else. And I'm just me. And, and then you get to split up what I do or what I don't do, you know? Right. I love yeah. that idea because when I, when I do my, when I speak on podcasts or do presentations, the same sort of thing, can you send us your bio? And I'm always like, oh my gosh, it's it, when I like start to break it down, like, because I always feel like I have to mom of three amazing kids and, you know, right. Blah, 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 and yes. Right. 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 But it's, it's all interwoven. Which it is, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I'm, I'm really more or less what I really am, I think, is a source for people to find their true voice, a, a source for people to really speak their authentic message, a source for people to really not only just discover that true voice that's here with every one of us and has been here since we arrived, 
but has been muddled over or has been obscured or has been muted or muffled or stifled or altered. Um, the truth is it, it's right here for each of us. And, you know, communication requires access to our own authenticity. And I think that over time, what my life has really been geared at over these 64 years has been um to grow and develop so that I can be the source for other people like yourself, like your audience, uh, like other uh, uh, other folks as well, my own uh, podcast guests, et cetera, um, to really find their true self and bring it forward because uh, we got one life here. And if you have something more important than bringing your own self forward, then you should do that. But in the meantime, bringing your true self forward seems like a pretty high honor to be able to source. So that's what I do, really. Yes. And I love that. And I told you that before we went on air, that one of the things I've been working on is, yes, I do the podcast and yes, I write and yes, I put put my truth out there, but there's still something, there's still a blockage. And so I'm working with my own therapist on uh, allowing my voice, not finding my voice. I found it, but allowing it to truly blossom. And I love what you're saying about your authentic self. Yeah. Right. You know, early on in life, you know, when you were born, your true voice was not muffled. Uh, That's at least the theory. There wasn't something like, I don't know how to speak. That wasn't, or I'm afraid, or I don't say my truest self. That wasn't true when you were born. And it wasn't true for the first couple years of your life. Sooner or later, you were told to be quiet, or you were told that you were, you know, your voice either was disruptive or wasn't welcome or uh, wasn't um, due at the time or wasn't honored. And you learned how to be quiet and choke down your own true voice. And then that actually went through all sorts of multiple ways of even getting stifled and more muted and more muffled uh, as we entered school. You know, we were told to sit down and be quiet or maybe at the dinner table, sit down and be quiet and watch what the, someone else says. And the best you could do is sort of pretend to listen, but really you were listening in order to remember so that you could actually say the exact words that you heard. And if you could say the exact words that you heard without interjecting your own personal opinion about that, you were called a good student and then they would move you forward. The more you could say what you were heard without interjecting your own personal self, you were given accolades. You were given like positive, uh, you know, positive reinforcement. And you went through life, you know, really learning that your true voice, your honest self, your opinion was less and less important and less and less appropriate, less and less welcome. Many other things happened in our early age as well, which was that we learned that if we um, pretend to be somebody else, uh, we could protect the person we were. That's just amazing that we learned that fully ludicrous. Uh, So, you know, on the one hand, we would be like, um, we knew who we were, we'd want to, you know, we would, if we, if we wanted to protect ourselves, we would pretend to be somebody else, maybe we would even outright lie, but often we would just not say our very truth so that we could fit in so that we wouldn't get in trouble. Over time, all of these factors just play out and play out. The crack in the cement gets larger and larger, and we never went back to actually fix it. So we have this natural pretentiousness, this natural duplicity that that grows with each and every one of us. And, you know, we feel bad about our inability to actually speak our truth as if we need 
uh, therapy or as if we need some form of, you know, some form of intervention to help us learn how to speak our own true voice. The first place to start is to really be accepting, forgiving, and compassionate for yourself and others who have learned how to actually be someone you're not. When you come down to that, there's some value, some uh, apparently protective value in that. But the truth is, it doesn't work that way. There's not, there is no value in actually pretending to be somebody else in order to protect the person that you are. It, it's, it's actually insane. It's actually ridiculous. It's actually fully absurd. And yet we all do it. And that's what's really great about this is that we can connect with each other knowing that, in fact, we're all doing that. Even in my speaking right now, <clears throat> I'm using certain parameters, right? I'm using certain guidelines. I'm wondering and working in who your audience might be. Or as I look at you, who you are, what is the feedback? What is working with what I say and what is not working? And I'm making micro or macro alterations so that what I have to say actually lands effectively over there. In my life, I've really learned how, you know, I've been lucky enough to have a world where as a psychiatrist, maybe I had about 40,000 patients in the last 42 years. I've met so many people who have come to me to try to explain what their issues were, what their problems were, or why there were something wrong with them or, or, or something like that. And I've been able to really, um, I say, you know, 40,000 isn't a lot of people, actually. It's a more people than most people meet, but it's not, it doesn't even a blip on the entire like world population. Right. So it's not like I'm a super expert. I just do have a, a slightly more people that I've met than the average person. And what I find pretty much categorically, pretty much across the board is that everyone's doing that. Even the monks in Tibet are doing that. Everyone's doing that. And we have the opportunity in a present day and age to reduce the difference between who we are and who we pretend to be. And with that, we get access to a harmonic resonance of uh, our true self. It is addicting to land on that own personal authenticity. And when that happens, there's all sorts of great other things that happen. For instance, you create a space for the people that you're with to land on their own authenticity. Like they get your own authenticity. I can see you lighting up even as I'm speaking like, wow, this guy's actually speaking authentically, which I'm not, by the way, I'm only approaching uh, authenticity because I got the same blockages you do. I've got these early year blockages where I was told to sit down. I wasn't so good at sitting down and maybe that really is working for me well in this situation as a child or as an elementary school student, I'm pretty positive that none of my teachers forgot having Fred in their class. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up with uh, a couple older brothers, 10 and 14 years, my senior. And uh, you know, they were, they taught me a lot. So I entered school really precociously. I, I already knew how to speak. I knew how to add and subtract. I knew how to read in kindergarten. So I was always kind of like ahead of the class, which had me, I suppose you could say I was bored or I had extra time on my hands. And I spoke and I spoke and I spoke, you know, I talked out. I, whatever words the teacher or my friends wanted to use, I was outspoken. And uh, now it's paying off because there's some very real value 
in getting access to what really matters to you and bringing it forth and you know really listening for what's being called for so that the conversation can move forward i feel oh. very honored to have the life that i've had ups and downs bads and goods you know tragedies and pain as well as you know suffering as well as ecstasy and beauty adventure and you know um miracles that have happened in my life but they've really left me being able to self express with my words and find many other ways to self-express art, music, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing, gardening, things that I've written about in my books uh, and things that really can assist people in my presence or in their own world to find their true voice and then actually deliver it into a world that is eagerly and urgently awaiting to receive it. I love it. And two things popped in my head. One, as you were talking, the re- I, I was beaming because it was when I started putting my truth out there about what I had been through and how, my journey of recovery and learning not just to be a survivor, but a thriver. That's when all I started getting all these private messages or texts exactly. or calls from people saying, oh my gosh, thank you for putting it out there. Exactly. And you know, this happened to me or that. And, and I say that putting our truth out there and using our voice create soul connections, heart connections, and people can resonate and it helps others along their journey. So yes, amen to what you're saying. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, And the second thing that I just want to add is I'm so excited because yesterday we live on Hilton Head Island and we live in a Mm. little community that has a farm that you can have a plot, but there was a waiting list. And I got the call yesterday that we have a plot available. So we went oh, and wow. toured and, and saw our plot. And it's a big weeded mess right now until they clean it up for us. But I was doing such a happy dance because there were butterflies and bees and flowers and oh. a big weeded mess. But all I could see was like the abundance that was going to come from it and growing our own foods. And so anyway, when you talked about, you know, your gardening and your and your creativity, wow. I just resonated with that. So thank you. Yes. Yes, sure. It is. Look, the, 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 we get another place where we get caught up is that we really think that when we're sharing with each other or when we're. Uh, speaking to each other or expressing with each other that the best and only way that we do that is through this world of vocality and then listening and processing and then responding and all that. That is simply not the only way to communicate. In fact, it's one of the least effective ways to communicate. Sometimes if you look at people's art or their music or their dancing or their cooking or their writing or their you know, um, photography or their gardening, um, or their drama, you know, or uh, you can really learn even more about a person uh, and what's really, the, really going on over there beyond that, which is words. When they say that it's beyond words or I don't have words to describe it, it's true. You see, the thing is, is that words are so limiting. We lean on them as if they're the way to communicate, but they're so limiting. I have to do so many things. I have to choose the proper word to represent an idea for which even that translation in its own right is a ridiculous challenge. And then I have to string together these words on the fly without rehearsal and actually give that sentence to you thinking that I really meant what I said and that it's likely that you're hearing that which I've produced so that it gets over there thousands of miles away, literally 3,000 miles 
miles away in this situation, all the way to Hilton Head from Grass Valley, California, through the airwaves, landing on real time over there into something called your ears while you process it and then create whatever you create using your own stories and your own filters. And we haven't even said anything to each other yet. Oh my gosh. And that's what communication is. And we call that efficient and effective. How in the world could that be? We are brilliant creatives, each and every human, to even want to take this on re remarkable courage, but to lean on it as if it's likely that you're actually hearing that, which I think I'm producing. I truly doubt it. The aspects of you that, you know, you might find me entertaining or interesting, or maybe you think I'm smart or articulate, all those things, they're all made up. Everything is made up. I mean, we're doing our very best, but my goodness, wouldn't it be interesting if you saw something I wrote or if you heard a piece of music that I composed or if you saw a piece of art that I either, you know, drew or created, you would get to get access to a newer, deeper part of this thing called me that might give you a real, like, oh, now I see who Fred is. He's interesting when he speaks, but I see his soul in his art or his music or his dancing. And, uh, you know, the connections that are available in the world of connection, I've really come to learn in my, you know, 32 years in, in medicine and 42 years in, in, in mental health and 64 years on the planet that human connection is at the heart of all healing, of all conditions of all types. Like without connection, no one heals. And with connection, and you know, even in like you were early, speaker earlier of like EMDR, EMDR, you know, there's some efforts to be to create a situation where you might be able to do EMDR without another human. Like you actually might be able to do it with a machine or something. Um, it is in the connection where all the healing actually takes place. So one thing that's happening with podcasting as it blows up, you know, millions of people are trying out podcasting is that we get this illusion or maybe we get the actual pseudo experience or maybe we get a real experience of this connection. The reason you have podcasts is that you're hoping to connect to another person. Why are you hoping to connect? Because you know there's healing waiting there for you. You know that. Now, you might say, no, I'm really there for my guests. I'm really there so my guests can shine. Well, you're really there for your guests to shine because that's going to heal you. Yes, I admit it on yeah. air. <laughs> yes. Exactly. If I shine, you get healed. That's really great. I, mean, I, I can live with that. And as a, I love being podcast guest because I do get to shine. And at the same time, I personally get to heal. I get to bring forth some value that I have learned or picked up in my journeys along my years and, uh, you know, maybe actually affect someone in a positive way so that their life changes uh, uh, in, a, in a desirable direction. And ultimately, I get to heal as uh, as a result of me brushing up even further towards my own authenticity. I still have a ways to go. But my own authentic self, my core values, my uh, inner message and my true voice. Well, it's a good thing to pursue. And that's what my that's really what my function is in these days and times.
Wonderful. So now your book, Creative Eight, Healing Through Creativity and Self-Expression, it, does it address those, what, what you're talking about? Yeah. Of- so I've written two books. The, the book that I wrote there was called The Creative Eight, you know, Healing Through Creativity and Self-Expression. And that, you know, when I, in 2006, as a, as a, as a psychiatrist, I, <laughs> I uh, I didn't like I actually didn't like being a psychiatrist very much. And the reason I didn't like it is I went into the field. Uh, I, I had dropped out of college a couple of times back in the day and uh, I was never, ever, ever going to go back. And I told my mom that she got me a job as a child care worker in a state mental health facility for adolescent boys. And it was really there where it got confirmed again that communication and connection was at the heart of healing. I loved working with those kids. You know, I worked afternoon shift. We had a great time. I was able to get, you know, get them to bed and take them on field trips and have dinner with them and play softball with them. And I really enjoyed connecting. We both healed. Me and the kids would heal with our conversations. I didn't like the way psychiatry was dealing with those kids because we'd call the psychiatrist and they'd just, you know, come down and interview Johnny who was up too late or Timmy and Tony who had gotten into a fight. And then they would write an order in the chart and we'd have to go find Timmy and Tony, hold them down and inject them full of, you know, adult grade antipsychotic sedative medication. And if they didn't say a word for the next 12 or 24 hours, we would call that a success story. I just found that to be barbaric and unacceptable. When I saw that each and every day, I decided that I wanted to go back to psychiatry and actually bring communication to that field where it belonged because I knew that it had built by that beat. Actually, my brother, 14 years older than me, is a psychiatrist as well. So back to school that I went in order to do that. And in the meantime, psychiatry shifted entirely while I was training because Prozac was introduced in 1987. And when that happened, I then all of a sudden graduated as a psychopharmacologist, which was the last reason I wanted to go to psychiatry in the first place. And I lived a duplicitous life for many years. Now, in 2006 is when I started doing something entirely different, which I got tired of writing prescriptions. Um, Each time I wrote a prescription, my heart would ache or my soul would feel sacrificed. I'd be like, man, I don't like doing this. I don't think these medications are doing what they say they do. They might be making people worse. So I began to take people off of medicine and I began to take people off their diagnoses. I began to actually give people the opportunity to reset their lives. And that's exactly what they would do. People healed in my very presence. People who thought they had a psychiatric condition, it would disappear. So over time, I began to really see, you know, wow, without medication, without a diagnosis, people's problems disappear. And it was happening regularly. People asked me, well, what what are you going to do instead? What, what should people do if they feel terrible? So it's like, well, feeling terrible is occasionally part of life. It's okay. Um, you know, yeah. like the Buddha sat under a tree for a long time and he still came up with people are going to feel miserable. I mean, you know, it's like that's part of life. Um, but I developed the creative eight. What I learned is as a creative, when we're doing art, music, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing, and gardening, which were the original eight, um, these so-called negative, miserable, uncomfortable symptoms or, or experiences would disappear immediately while doing those things. So I started injecting a certain kind of therapy, which said for three minutes a day, one minute of each, 
pick any of those, do them for at least one minute and activate the creative self. And I had great results helping people just like, you know, do one minute of art, one minute of music and one minute of gardening or one minute of drama, one minute of singing and one minute of uh, photography or something like that. And watch what happens during that day. And it was really a great result. That's where the creative eight got got created from. Now, I've written another book and the other book I've written, which is I'm willing to offer. I'm going to offer this to your audience. It's called Find Your True Voice. I know it's an odd name, but um. FindYourTrueVoiceBook.com is where you can find that book. And I'll send you a free copy of, uh, of your uh, a free hard copy of that actual book. Mm-hmm. That book was written more this year and is on the backside of the Creative 8. The Creative 8 was there to kind of give alternatives uh, to regular conventional psychiatry, uh, giving people an access to um, creating pleasantness or creating effectiveness from unpleasant situation, or actually giving uh, a reminder that there's multiple ways to self-express. Find your true voice is a, a little bit of the next the next level, which is really helping people access that which has been muddled over, that which has been obscured, that which has been um, hidden for many years. And Find Your True Voice is what is spawned from True Voice Podcasting, where I've taught uh, many people to go from zero to podcaster. And I have a course now called the True Voice Course, which I'm so excited about. It incorporates incorporates everything we're talking about. Creative Eight, you get a copy of both books. You get me a couple times a month. You get a a 12-week self-paced course that has six modules and 18 lessons and 54 prompts and 60-page workbook. And it's all done. It's here. It's ready to go. And uh, really, we're, we, we have a discount uh, at least for the next week. But, you know, the course is the discount is for the introduction people because you get a community, too, called the I know it's shocking. It's called the True Voice Tribe. And you get a group of people who are like minded. And in these difficult times, and we'll be a little bit serious here, our true voices are being choked out by the world around us. Many of us are too afraid to speak our true voice. Many of us are actually having it stolen from us. There are countries or uh, nations that are actually, you know, discouraging and winning in shutting down the true voice of their of their populace. It is time now more than ever to access that true voice and bring it forward. And it may even be the biggest problem, the biggest threat to all of humanity, bigger than any um, medical problem or climate change or racism or or war or sex trafficking. Why? Those are all big, right? Those can all take down humanity. But I think the biggest threat is that our voice is actually collectively being given back. We are choosing not to speak. It's being taken from us. Why do I think that? Because all of those other problems are going to require true voice in order to deal with them. So a fire without an extinguisher, it is the extinguisher that becomes the biggest problem. And the extinguisher for any of these issues, well, it's our true voice. And without our true voice... Um, no one will ever know us. And the future looks, uh, if people are going to stop talking, if we're not going to, if we're going to decide that we don't have anything to say, we'll just go with the flow. Um, I've looked a little bit into the future and that looks like a pretty grim and bleak uh, outcome that's just already here. 
So if we can't speak, then no one will ever, you know, hear us. And if we can't speak our true voice, no one will ever know us. But the truth is, that's all we have left to do. Somehow get our self-expression out there so that we can deal with not only the greatest earth-threatening problems, but even the problems in your own home or the problems in your own relationships or at work. The only way you're going to get those done is to resonate with that truth in there. And like you already noticed, when that happens, it's addicting. It's yes. con it's contagious. It's absolutely insanely beautiful. And we all have it. And so that's really what I'm a stand for. That's what that's what I do now. And, um, you know, each time I say it and, and maybe today more than ever so far, it's like, oh, wow, what a what a ridiculously blessed life I have that I get to be on the front edge of helping people do exactly that. Yeah. Now, when you say voice, you're not just talking speaking. You're are, are you talking about like make videos, uh, write stories, exactly. um, take pictures of things that are exactly. concerning to you and then put it out there into the universe? Exactly. So voice comes in multiple directions. People think, oh, yeah, I'll get my true voice. I'll go to the mountaintop and tell everyone how much I hate my mother-in-law. That is not what I'm talking about at all blurting your voice because you feel uncomfortable with, you know, whatever churning inside of you is not the same as true voice. The magic ingredient of true voice is actually listening, listening, like hearing, like it's up to me to listen and to listen in multiple ways, not just with my ear. Like, what is it that's being called for in this conversation? What are you looking for? What is your audience looking for? And then delivering a communication into that, into that listening that actually has a chance of progressively moving the conversation forward. My intention when I express myself is to move a conversation forward. That's why, why would I want to do anything else? What, well, what else is the point? If I'm just spitting out my nonsense so that I can like catharse and then feel better, well, that's not a very effective use of any kind of communication. It's kind of self-centered and doesn't get any points across. When I am saying uh, true voice, listening is part of it. Silence is part of it. You can speak your true voice. And I'm not saying silence while you're rolling your eyes, like just being silent as a choice, as a way of communicating. Communication is what I'm really speaking to when I'm saying true voice. And communication includes listening, includes speaking, it includes silence, it includes um, uh, using vocality, but it also includes the creative bait, art, music, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing, gardening, and then two more, which were photography and cleaning. Ultimately, though, really, 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 to be honest, Terry, the one that I think is the most effective we have barely talked about, and that's the one called I like to call it help anybody do anything, help anybody do anything, because in that world, you get to connect with another human. And basically, you know, some people call that service. That's fine. It's a good name for it. But when you're helping anybody do anything, have you noticed that you just feel glorious? It's yes. just beautiful, <laughs> no matter whether you're helping them with something tiny, sharpening a pencil or with something large, uh, you know, getting them groceries or volunteering at a nursing home, 
when you're helping anybody do anything, there's a whole new sense of that human connection. And I think we've already talked about the fact that human connection is truly at the heart of all healing of all conditions of all types. Yes. Well, I know I've said it. I've said it so many times when we went through therapy dog training, Sammy and I, the Labradoodle, the most awesome Labradoodle ever. She, uh, I would walk away from these sessions with kids in schools when we would volunteer feeling I healed, just witnessing her help these kiddos. And what you just said, like no words exchanged. It, it was in her, in her silence in her loving, in her energy, in her, in her just sweet nature of giving these kids just something to hold on to in a moment. So, and it, I, 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 a lot of times called myself selfish because I truly, I mean, I did it yes to help others, but I got, I got so much out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's really what we're after. You know, this healing thing, you could say there's nothing wrong with me. Well, it's true. There's nothing wrong with you. You're injured. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're, you have a core wound. That's, you're right. There's nothing wrong with you at all. You have some wounds, but that doesn't make anything wrong with you. These wounds come from early childhood, or they may even come from birth, or they, frankly, many people believe, come from previous lives. They come from wherever they come from. And healing is what we're really after. You know, we feel so great when when something gets resolved or something gets altered or we become more aligned or more resonant, more harmonic with our world. And that's really all that we're up. That's why great music turns us on. You know, when you listen to Beethoven um, or Bach or my most recent uh, favorite classical composer, Vivaldi, um, Gosh, I didn't know how amazing that guy is. That is some amazing music. Vivaldi is, if you don't know Vivaldi or if your audience doesn't, check out Vivaldi. Antonio Vivaldi is just insane. It's so beautiful. It's such a great use of sound. But before I go off too far in there, when you're you're, um, really in touch with the communication of another human being, you see that there's no out of tune. It's not like Vivaldi picked the wrong note. That didn't happen. This stuff that Vivaldi or Bach or Haydn or Beethoven or Mozart put together is aligned. It's harmonic. It's resonant. And it's not just with the classical composers. You might feel that with, who knows, with uh, Neil Diamond or with uh, John Lennon or with um, Led Zeppelin or, you know, whatever you choose. Um, and it's not just music either, is it? You know, Salvador Dali or any of your Picasso or wherever you have, there's an expression that comes out from that purity that literally alters the way that you look at life. And what does it do? It actually heals. I'm a big Salvador Dali fan. And when I look at those paintings, something happens inside of me and I'm like, wow, I am more in touch with my humanity than ever before, having just looked at a Dali painting. Extraordinary and way deeper, in fact, than anything we can do with vocality. Yes. Oh, I agree. I, I, I'm into spa music and um, uh, oh, like singing bowls. And uh, because yeah. I it, it, like what you're saying, 
there's just such purity to it. I feel the alignment and it's, it's just like no accident that it's coming into my life at that moment. And exactly. uh, yes, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. And then we try to translate it into words, which is so limiting. <laughs> you can't tell me about singing balls. You cannot tell me anything about singing balls that makes any sense to anyone. You are stuck. You're going to go out to the edge and put some words together and try to get it across to me what the effect is of singing bowls on your life. And you have no chance of getting that done. But no. we do it anyways. Right. <laughs> I put out a post. I had gone to something called a harmonic egg, which was an amazing experience. And I'm going to do a whole show on it. But uh, when I came out, I tried to put something on Facebook, on social media, explaining my experience in, in this harmonic egg. And I even said... These colors that I saw, there isn't a human word for it. But like, I, I couldn't explain the magnificence of it because it's exactly. not, it wasn't even like of this earth. And so I was like, right. I don't, I don't have the, I can't do it justice. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, we, you can't do it justice with words, but you can do it justice with experience and you can share it with others so that other people get access to it and they can get why they can't use these this go-to yeah. thing called words and sentences uh, that is just naturally so self-limiting. So yeah, we, we're doing our best here, one step in front of the other, but man, if we're going to express and we're going to listen and we're going to communicate and connect, it naturally allows us to look at deeper and different ways to communicate. Again, back to the True Voice course, back to the Creative 8 Plus Find Your True Voice, back to who we get. That True Voice course is so comprehensive. Um, I put in everything that I can and with a, you know, with an extraordinary team, we put in everything we can to just simply and easily help people access that true voice. You know, people who have feel, uh, um, smothered for instance, who are ready to really, for whatever reason, understand the urgency or their kids just moved out or, uh, they're wondering what to do with their life or how to get that corner office or whatever. The idea is the only way that that's going to get done is to resonate with yourself and then bring forth your true voice into the world. Wonderful. How do people connect with you? How do they find the course and sign up for it? So the course can be found at truevoicepodcasting.com. It's called truevoicepodcasting.com. And that's where you can get the landing page. And, uh, you know, depending on uh, where you are, uh, whichever day you do this, there is at least for a small time, uh, we're giving away the course at at half off. Um, there, these are the course. Just a, you know, it's a it's a large course, and it just recently got rolled out. So we're fixing the final bugs. Um, but e even if it's not half off, it's it's uh, you get access to this community, access to me, access to uh, you know um, multiple different podcasts that I have as a host or a guest, or even being there live for those. And um, you get both books, like I said, and uh, the idea is come aboard. If this is interesting for you, if it's interesting to step in and actually it's not interesting for some people, you know, some people are like, no, I don't need my true voice. I'm good the way it goes. I'm just waiting until this thing ends. Well, that you're right. This isn't for you. If you're just waiting for this stuff to end. No, you're not a candidate for this course. But if you're ready to step in and you realize you haven't been delivering your all, the True Voice course is an extraordinary experience. Um, and uh, TrueVoicePodcasting.com is how you're going to get there. If somehow you have trouble finding that, which I don't think you will, 
You can also reach me directly at Dr. Fred at WelcomeToHumanity.net, Dr. Fred at WelcomeToHumanity.net, or you can go to the WelcomeToHumanity.net website. Um, and there's a lot of places. I'm not that hard to find. And so, uh, you know, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, uh, and uh, direct email is good ways to get a hold of me. But in the end, what I'm going to direct you to is ways where you can self-express, ways where I can optimize and reset your life so that you can bring forth your very best. Because after all, we're only here for a temporary amount of time. Most of us are interested in making the place a little bit better while we're here, or at least experiencing life at a very high quality. And that's what this course is designed to, to, uh, to provide. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. is there anything else that you wanted to address before we, we close out? Well, let's, uh, let's again, find your true voice book.com. We'll get you a free copy of that book. If you would like to take a look at my earlier book, the creative eight, it's fun. Um, I have an audio version and a PDF version. And if you want the hard copy, that's on Amazon. But the audio and PDF version um, are uh, available at my website, welcometohumanity.net forward slash creative or forward slash creative eight. Those are the audio and the PDF version. And look, if you're connecting with me, it's not like we've reached the end of the road. The idea here is that there's urgent times out there. This is not just another widget. And this is not me necessarily, you know, like creating a new business. What this is, is a stand for what's necessary, frankly, to save humanity and our earth, but also to give you a life that works while you're here temporarily. If you don't want to save the humanity and the earth, I fully understand it's, it's a big, it's a, it, it's a tall order. But what about your family? What about your partner? What about your kids? What about your job? All of those things are really going to require you to speak your true voice, whatever hurt, you know, whatever level of frequency that is. And this course will give you access to that. So I just want everyone to at least get there. If you can find something else to do that's more important than speaking and being your authentic self, you probably should go do that. But please do that after you found your true voice so you can actually do that better you know that's what's really here yes i love it and again as someone who's working on that last little bit of letting my true voice out i i applaud you and thank you this is wonderful you're welcome thank you for having me on really oh yeah for sure well everyone thank you for joining us today on the healing place podcast and remember until next time be gentle with yourself Thanks. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.